You're listening to another episode of The Business Show, brought to you by Kate Baines of The Business Pod and Mike Noonan of Red Curve Innovation. This podcast is dedicated to giving business owners practical advice to help them get the business that they want. And in each episode, Kate and Mike will discuss a key topic important in running a successful business. And so now over to your presenters, Kate and Mike. Welcome to another episode of The Business Show with me, Kate Baines, from The Business Pod. And me, Mike Newnham, from Red Curve. Today, we're going to be talking about whether you need a team of people to take your business to the next level. And if you do, how you go about doing this. One thing I'd like to stress here, though, is that Mike and I are not HR specialists. The advice and discussion given in today's podcast are things that we have learned along the way and is no substitute for you getting proper HR advice from an HR consultant or legal professional. Having a team around you can help you leverage your business because you will come to a point where you won't be able to do everything yourself. At the moment, as a small business owner, you will probably find yourself wearing every hat in your business, from accounting to marketing to order fulfillment and customer service. And there will come a time where it will all get too much. And this is the point you need to consider what your next steps are. In a future episode, in episode six, we're going to be talking about systems and processes in your business. And this will be a really good episode for you to listen to if you are thinking about building a team. One way to work out what positions you may need to recruit into is to draw up a list of all the key tasks that need to be done in your business. Call it a brainstorm or a process map. And then go through this list or brainstorm and highlight the items that you could easily A, outsource, or B, the things you'd like somebody else to do. From this, you can then go on to create job descriptions. So if you decide you want to go on to grow your business and therefore need a team around you, then the main options open to you are staff, outsourcing and subcontractors. So do you want to take on staff as employees on your payroll? Do you want to outsource certain tasks such as bookkeeping and accountancy or marketing? You'll be amazed at what you can actually outsource nowadays. Or do you want to use subcontractors as and when you need them? For example, where you don't need somebody for regular hours every week. Another consideration is to think about the amount of hours you need them to be able to do the job. Would you need to consider offering zero-hour contracts? This may make recruiting nice and flexible for you, but won't necessarily attract the best people as what I found is employees like certainty over the hours that they're going to get. Also think about what time of the day you need them. Is it Monday to Friday, weekends, or every other Saturday? Think about when your business times are and create a rotor of what cover of staff that you need. And this will help you work out what people you need and whether you need them part-time, full-time, or whether actually subcontracting or outsourcing may work really well for you. And of course, with everything, there are pros and cons to creating a team. So over to you, Mike. Okay. So pros and cons. I think the pros, the obvious pro, is that you've got somebody else that you can delegate work to. And you'll have more capacity uh, in your larger team now to take on more clients. And assuming that you're able to train your team correctly, it'll lead to better customer service and customers are not purely relying on you to help them and you're moving away from you being the business to you owning a business and having a business so that's the obvious pros but the cons are there's a number of cons and the first one really is in my view money 
So when you take on somebody new, essentially you have to get a return on that investment. And so you have to cover things like their salary, their national insurance. You have to cover holidays, illness, pensions. Maybe they're out on the road. Maybe you need to provide a car. Maybe there's other tools and uh, equipment and uniforms, etc., that you need to provide. And in the UK, you need to provide paternity and maternity cover. Uh, so there's a lot of hidden costs that you're maybe not aware of when you just think about, you know, maybe taking on some extra staff. So money is the first thing that you need to think about. And and I think for a, a business that's a fledgling business, one-man business, one-woman business, taking on somebody new is probably one of the biggest decisions that they, 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 they ever make. So just give an example there. Yeah. When I took on uh, one of the ladies that now works for me, I think taking on the first employee was an easy step because I was getting to a position where I was so busy, I, I know I needed somebody. Yeah. And, but taking on the second employee, that was a slightly bigger risk because it was a nice to have rather than needing mm. to have at that point. But because this lady had come to me and she had a real good skill set mm. that I knew I would need as I got bigger, I didn't want to lose her. Mm. And so although she's only doing a few hours a week for me, I sort of took that leap of faith, took her on board. And there was a point where I was thinking, crikey, am I going to have to get a loan to cover the salary that I'm going to be paying her? But most of the work that she does is chargeable out to clients anyway. And as long as I make sure she's doing work on jobs that are chargeable out, then it's not been an issue. And I'm really, really pleased that I took that leap of faith and took, took her on. So there's sort of now three of us. <clears throat> that's um, really foresighted, actually. I think that's, that's, that's brilliant to actually take somebody because you recognize the skills rather than uh, a particular sort of job role. Uh, I've come across that in, when I was in corporate life where I've worked for companies where they've taken on people because they recognize the quality of the people, even though they don't have a, a role to fit them in. And they just believe that, yeah, that they'll add value to the business somehow. That's great. But when you're in a small business, that's uh, a luxury you need to really think long and hard before you, you, um, you go in that direction. So I, th I th it was very brave. And I think it's really important that you have your plan of where you see the business and how big do you want that team to be? Because by knowing that, you can then, well, as I said in my introduction, you can then decide on how many hours you want, how many staff you need, mm -hmm. can you outsource it? So knowing what your end goal is going to be or what your business will look like in five years' time, I think is very important because then you can have your plan to work towards that ultimate goal yeah i think that's right um and also you know you may decide that you you know you don't want to have a business where you've got employees because it brings stress and you want to essentially operate alone if you possibly can uh and then you know there's lots of outsourcing possibilities for people there's people by the hour.com that you can go to to get uh, ad hoc help uh there's various outsourcing organizations that will take on all kinds of you know, professional services functions like marketing, like HR, like legal support and so on. So you, so you can run a business by outsourcing. But I think probably it becomes a real a, – a business that, that is going to grow and be saleable probably needs – you need employees with systems and brand essence and all those kind of things that we've been talking about. Ultimately, taking on staff on a more permanent basis, yeah. it's going to give you – probably a higher quality of work yeah 
definitely. It brings different skill sets, skill sets that you don't have. It'll bring uh, fresh eyes, more experience, perhaps. It'll bring some new energy into the business. And, you know, it can even bring things like fun and friendships into your business that you, you, you hadn't had before. So it can really be a transformative experience uh, bringing on new staff. So the tendency, I think, is to hire people that are like you or hire people that you like. And that's not always the best thing to do. So you really need to have uh, a very good understanding of, of, of the role that you want them to fulfill. So you need to write a job specification with a job description. What role are they going to do? What responsibilities do you want them to take on? Uh, what tasks are, on a daily basis will they be performing? If there's more than just one or two people in the team, what's the reporting structure? You'll probably need to have an employee handbook developed. And also, you know, they need to buy into your company culture, whatever that is. So you've, you've, if you've got a, a code of ethics and a behavioral standard, you need to communicate that, that they have to uh, you know, buy into. So you need to understand all that before you start interviewing people. I've read a really good article recently. I can't remember for the life of me where it was. But it was all about saying that there's this one employer that doesn't recruit based on skills. Their first bit of the interview process is all about their values and what they stand for. And if those values with them as a person mm -hmm. are in line with the company, then they'll take them through to the next stage of the interview process and then look at the skills to see if they will do the job. But it's so important for them to get people with the same values as what they want their company to be. Yeah. I thought that's really good when we look at the podcast that we did on on values yeah, and yeah, culture. Yeah. I thought that's a really good way of looking at it because if you've got people in in your business that are on the same wavelength as you, you know, values, culture, vision, then it's probably going to stay with you quite a long time. Yeah, it's going to make such a, a stronger business if you if you if you base it on those uh, those kind of things rather than how well do they know Excel or whatever it might be. Because things like that can be taught relatively yeah. easily nowadays. Yeah. But what you live by, your values, it's it's part of you, isn't it? It's not yeah. particularly something you teach. It's something yeah. you become. Yeah, it totally is. And, I mean, that can come out if you do, for example, uh, as, as part of the hiring process, maybe you do a one-day trial, people. Because, you know, the issue of team dynamics is very difficult to assess unless somebody comes and joins the team for a day. Um, so that would be you know something that you should consider. If there's a handover from because you've got an employee that's leaving, then you should start take the time out and think about what that handover period should be. Do you need to develop a, a handover book or booklet so that uh, somebody's got some documents that they can refer to and and a training period so that the the outgoing person can train the incoming person. So that would be. Uh, something worth considering. Just going back to the point of interviewing and getting the team involved at a job before I started working on my own, my second interview was with the rest of the team. And there was two of us that got through to the second interview. Mm -hmm. We Both of us met the team and I got chosen because the team preferred me over the other guy because they thought they would work better with me. And because I was going in at a senior management level and I was going to be the go-between between the team doing the processing and the director, mm -hmm. My boss, in effect, wanted somebody that could work with the team because that's what my duty was going to be on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's why I got the job. You know, there were two of us that 
my boss liked and I got the job because the team preferred me over the other guy and I thought that was really quite powerful and I think if as we get bigger I think that's something I certainly would do because you're spending more than half your life with these people aren't you on a day-to-day basis when you are in an office situation yeah to get in the right person for the job is it's an art and a skill building a team it's an integral part of any business so in fact the success or the failure of any company probably depends to a large extent on the type of staffing that the company has it's very important to have the right people running your company if you want to see your company grow really fast so once you've got those right people you need to look after them. Any thoughts on that, Kate? Yeah, definitely. Looking after them is such a key thing, especially in their first few weeks, because it really can make the difference between success and failure. So proper training determines how fast the new person can be productive and efficient in his or her job. And while giving you a good opportunity to make your new employee a really efficient part of your team. So I've got a few suggestions here that will help you deal with your new additions during their first few weeks and to help make sure that they get started on the right track. So firstly, you need to have an induction process to welcome the new trainees on board. Don't just leave it to whoever is available. Give them a warm welcome. Don't just point them to the area that they work and let them get on with it. Nothing makes a new employee or contractor feel more comfortable than a nice warm welcome. Then give them a brief description about your role as the business owner or manager. Knowing who's in charge and what you expect from them will make them more comfortable with you as a boss. Give them a welcome tour of the whole business and make sure they get to know where everything is, so the bathroom, the emergency exits, the canteen areas, etc. Also give them a brief summary about the company, its history as well as its mission and objectives. If possible, demonstrate your company's products and and or services, paying particular attention to the products relating to the area in which they will work. This will make them more secure and confident with the work that they're going to be doing for you. Explain to your new member of staff how the company works, particularly if the company has any unusual working practices or a different structure from the norm. And again, this will help familiarise them with the company. Tell them about the company's competitors, and what is being done to make sure that the company is staying ahead of the competition. Explain in detail their responsibilities and describe their job functions. Don't just leave it to the other employees to teach them the basics, unless there is, of course, a trained member of staff whose job it is to do that. Let them be aware of what you and the company expect from them. Explain the specific conditions and requirements of employment, including hours, pay, pay periods, holiday pay, sickness provisions, pension, medical benefits, lateness, etc. Really outline what you expect from them. Be very clear about safety rules, policies, procedures and regulations, and explain and show proper use of safety devices. And on this section, I really would advise a proper induction that gives proper fire safety training and health and safety training and get them to sign something off to say that they've done it because then that covers yourself. And again, it would be useful to listen to a future podcast on systems, especially when it comes to that point. Then introduce them to their co-workers, along with a brief description of their jobs and the responsibilities so the new employee gets to know who else is in the company and what the other people do. And finally, give them time to acclimatise. So you could give them a work buddy or a friendly experienced worker to show them the job and work with them for the first week or two. Covering all these basics will help new employees settle in and they will be more efficient to contribute much more quickly compared to an employee that is just left to their own devices. 
How do you? How would is a kind of off-piece question. How would you uh, deal with employees that are perhaps you know different generations? So we've got like you know the Gen Xs, Gen Ys, and Gen Zs now even starting to come into the workplace. So uh, I just wonder, do you younger need people, younger people, yeah. So people, um, I think you know Gen Z, we're uh, probably about ten, fifteen years old now so they're probably just about to start to come into the workplace so the gen y's are these these millennials so um, as i understand it so millennials have a um, they're not like wedded to work so they like free time and uh you know they they they, they just uh, they see they see work as a as a route to something else rather than something that they commit to but once they are committed they're very committed um, and you've got the Gen Xers uh, that tend to be bitter and difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we're going to see a change in the fact that we will be doing more outsourcing than taking on team members on a full-time role yeah. because these younger generations want a more flexible approach. The gig economy. And we're going to be talking in the next episode about how to create a flexible yeah. workforce. As you say, the gig, gig economy. Yeah gig economy with elance and freelancer and things like that yeah and maybe it will change the way the workforce is yeah i think i have i personally like employing older people yeah because of their work ethic and i'm not saying that the generation x y and z's or whatever are lazy yeah. but i think our work ethic as we're not in any way ageist. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they can be more loyal. Um, and I think even my generation, historically, I skipped jobs to get my way up the ladder. I never saw any job that I took as a job for life until I set up my own business. Mm. And I think older people, for example, when I worked at a local accountancy firm when I was a trainee, one of the guys there had been there 25, 30 years. And there was one guy that has left recently or retired recently when he hit his 50th work anniversary with them. He'd My been God. there since school. Wow. And again, one of the partners had been there straight out, after, out of school. He was the one that founded the practice. And he was with them till he retired. Yeah. And I don't think... We see that as much now. It's like my uh, my dad has worked at uh, Morven St. James, which was Morven Girls College years ago. He's been there for almost 30 years. And yes, his role has changed over the years from a full-time role to a part-time role once he's got to retirement age. But he's still doing a, a few hours a week and he's been there. You know, they've been good to him. He's stayed with them and the role has changed as he's got older. Yeah. And he's wanted to reduce his hours. But I don't think nowadays... You can't guarantee that a team member will stay with you for life. I just don't think you can guarantee that anymore. But I think if you can create the right environment for your team and for your employees and get the right people on board that do live by the same values and potentially have got the same vision, then I think that stands you in good stead for creating a good team. But you know, going back to the generation thing, I think the job market is very different now to when it was I think part of that is to do with when we had the recession and there were an awful lot of redundancies yeah. an awful lot of people set up new businesses during that time which are now at the point where they are growing and looking to take on team members as well yeah 
Um, but at the same time, I think the job market is more competitive and especially in skilled areas. So in the accountancy arena, when I started four and a half years ago, I used to get a prospective CV from somebody that was training to be an accountant maybe once every couple of weeks. And in the last 12 months, I haven't had any. And that almost shows that in accountancy, there appears to be a skill shortage. Right. Or maybe people are sitting tight because the grass isn't always greener. Mm-hmm. I'm not quite sure why. I imagine it's more of a skills shortage that maybe not so many people are coming into our industry. And that might be because the generations X, Y and Z are seeing that they can create businesses without necessarily needing the formal education anymore yeah. because of communication and internet and technology as it is now you don't need to have done an mba to be successful in business anymore because we're in the information age where we can find out that information at the touch of a button yeah and also you know a lot of new business ideas you, you you can test those business ideas very cheaply because it's you know, it's digital quite often. And so, you, you know, you can test the business idea in, in your bedroom. And if it's got some traction, in other words, people are buying what it is that, that, that you're offering, yeah. um, you know, you're up and running for almost no money. Yeah. And again, with the likes of, if you're in a product-based business, with the likes of Amazon FBA, yeah. which is where you buy products, you label them and send them off. You can even get your suppliers to send direct to Amazon now. And Amazon deal with the fulfillment for you. So even if you're in a product-based business, you could still be a one-man band as such and run that business effectively by outsourcing the delivery to someone like Amazon. So there are are many options now for creating a team that doesn't necessarily involve taking on full-time members of staff. So I think you really do need to look at all the options available to you rather than thinking, I'm getting too busy, I need to take somebody on, well, just sit down for a minute, think about where do you want to see the business in five, ten years' time, and what is the most effective way of getting to that goal. Yeah. I think it's there about are getting various creative options. with uh, yeah. with your systems. Yeah. And I think it's also learning, you know, especially for the older generation. I think there was an article recently that showed that the highest amount of new business owners were 55 plus it's almost like people take early retirement at 55 yeah because they've had enough of the corporate life yeah and then start their own business but i think for that generation you really need to get with the technology and i think more and more people are you know even my mum has an iphone and an ipad and although my dad still can't text um my mum is up with the program when it comes to the technology side of it which has helped her in her job you know um, but I think well, at any age, you need to continually learn what's new in the market, in your area, down to the systems and processes as well, because it's by knowing what systems and processes you can implement, which will then help you decide on how many team members or subcontractors that you need to get your business to where you want it to be. Yeah, absolutely. To never stop learning. Yeah. I was once told, when you stop learning, you stop earning. And that stayed with me. Mm. So I'm very much into personal development and continually learning new things because you've got to keep up with the market. And just say I ever decided to sell my business and go into the job market, I need to, you can't just sit still anymore. You need to keep up with the times. 
times change, don't they? Yep. <laughs> and the job market as a whole has changed. If you look at the job roles that were there 50 years ago, they're very different to what they are now. And more and more, we are getting more and more service-based, I think, yep. rather than the industrial side of it. Although I believe we're still quite a big exporter, it's nothing like it used to be. Mm. So the manual labor jobs are definitely diminishing and we're becoming more and more a service-based society. Yeah, definitely. I mean, so there's all this discussion around uh, at the moment about productivity, which essentially is how you get you know, the, the output per hour of an employee. One of the ways that you, you, you get your productivity up is by getting the employee numbers down. So essentially automate and robots and all this kind of thing. So what's left for the for the rest of us, essentially, we need to find um, you know new roles in the service-based economy. You know, helping each other, you know, whatever that might be, social care or whatever, or the you know the person-to-person kind of activity that uh, you can't automate. Yeah. But uh, automation is definitely coming, and if you're a business owner, you need to think about how can I automate uh, processes in my business, you know, so that I, I, I need fewer employees, mm-hmm. or I need employees to take on those real value-added roles that are you know much more customer-facing. So we slightly digressed there, haven't we? But it is a very key point. The systems can really help you when it comes to growing your business and also can help your team members. As you've just said, the sort of business of the future will have less employees, but more systems and processes to enable a lot of the jobs to be automated. And again, that changes the dynamic of the organization. Definitely, yeah. I'm not sure whether that's good or bad for the economy, to be honest. But an example of automation is the self-service checkouts. And I purposely won't go through them unless I have to. You know, if the queues are really bad, I will. Because I feel like it's putting people out of work. And quite often, you've still got to get someone to come over to help you because it gets stuck. Or if you're buying alcohol, they've got to put a key in and check that you're um, over the right ages. That's interesting because some some shops now only have self service mm-hmm. checkouts, don't they? I think it's, I think there's some some Tesco stores. Oh, I, I think the, there's you know the, there's only I mean there are people there like to you oversee. say to, to to oversee, but essentially it's your own. Because uh, all, all like at yeah. Morrison's, you've got one person overseeing about eight self service checkouts. Yeah. So that's in effect put seven people out of a job. Yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure how efficient they are. And there are other supermarkets, but again, with Morrison's, since they've had the new till system, they're not, the automated tills aren't as unpredictable as the old system. And then you've got uh, the likes of Amazon moving into the retail sector now because they've bought Whole Foods uh, recently. Uh, so they now, they've, they've bought a supermarket. So now you, you, you're going to get the situation probably more and more where, where the shopping is online and, and delivered. So, you, you know, there's no checkout stuff at all. Yeah. It's, uh, so, again, that's changing the role of the employees. It's not yeah. necessarily shelf stacking. It's more picking products and packing ready yeah. for being delivered out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Directly yeah. from a warehouse rather than a shop floor. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Interesting. Yeah. I think we've rambled on a little <laughs> bit, but uh, do you think we've nailed that one? I think so. So we hope you found today useful and very thought-provoking. And please remember to get professional HR advice when it comes to putting proper contracts and terms and conditions in place, as it can be really horrible when things go wrong with employees or subcontractors. But if you've got watertight contracts in place, that will protect you and also the employee, and it will also help if things don't go to plan. On a more positive note, though, if you can build a team of great people that you have trained well, you stand a good chance of taking your business to the next level really successfully. So it's bye from me. And it's bye from me. See you next time. You have been listening to the Business Show podcast. For more information, please visit businesspodcast.co.uk. 